welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Judge Jerry! Thank you! Bigger crowd than Kamala Harris had. Wow. <laughs> wow. The surging candidate. Yes. Isn't hey, that? by the way, yes. uh, we're going to ask Jerry in a few minutes to talk about uh, the Donald Trump July 4th parade, Republican uh, gathering. It's pretty much what it is. We'll circle back to that. We do have, we have Wine Tree on from Winchester, yeah. Kentucky. Really Wine Tree. Wine tree is wine the name tree. is the name of the man. name of the group. You know what my wife's favorite wine is? Oh, I want to go to Miami. <laughs> boom, boom. Bring it back. Hey, by the way, yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, we uh, for people who are faithful listeners, and we we love you for that. Uh, we have uh, taken uh, maybe a week or two off. We've been doing some traveling, all of us, and so we didn't, we recorded a little bit in June, but not the same rhythm that we normally did, and we're also not going to record with the same rhythm. We're not going to record during August, so if you go, and it's all explained on our website, but if you go to or are anticipating a release of a show, there'll be a few Tuesdays, that's when we release, in during this summer where there's not a release. So it doesn't mean anything about the future of the show. It's just summer on vacations. Yeah. Summer schedule. But so. here in July, for example, uh, there will be one every week in July. Correct, because we're yeah. going to record through July. And the beginning of August it'll be on because we record the, the July yeah. 30th. Correct. So yeah. And, and we list August. on the website the days, the dates of yeah. when we are here at Folk School. Uh, in Ludlow, Kentucky, in case you want to come, and we do appreciate the people because they help kind of give us a vibe. This is a audio, largely audio podcast. We yeah. are on Facebook Live. We do video stream, by the way, when we do it. But anyway, we love the people who come to folk school, and the rhythm's off a little bit just because of summer travel. Um, so anyway, I wanted to mention that. And part of your travel has been, it didn't, Go so well. There's really no reason to... I think there's a great reason. Oh, you don't know this story? No, what happened? Well, Mr. Outdoors... Uh Uh-oh. Gene, I can do anything in nature, Galvin, (laughs) says, oh, we've got this group, which really was a great idea, to have a... a, a Was was a great idea. (laughs) It was a number of people that would canoe... And the other people would be on bikes putting together, and I should let you describe it, but basically putting together or digitalizing a route for hikers or bikers as well as the people who just want to hike it and people who want to go on the rivers through Kentucky and Ohio and mark the whole trail so you can look on your phone where you want to go and you can just take a couple of weeks and do the trail. And he did it. Well, <laughs> he almost did it. Oh, no. Oh, no. What, what, what? happened? <laughs> well, he comes in here, which was really neat. They had been traveling for about a week. And, you know, 
sleeping outdoors, doing all that camping stuff that you guys like. Anyway, Portsmouth, Ohio, by the way, Louisville, Kentucky, 250 miles. Okay, so they've really been hiking and, and all. And they timed it so that the last week that we did the podcast from here, well, I think it was a Wednesday night that week, they literally got here like a half hour before the podcast. Gene comes in, you know, sweating, pretending he probably went home, took a shower. <laughs> actually, I did. But uh, actually, but uh, they came in here and they were our audience and 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 it, telling this great story. Wonderful. So Two, far, so good. So, so far, far, so <laughs> good. Two days later, Katie, our, our daughter, calls me and says. Is Jean okay? Oh, and I no. said, what are you talking about? She saw on this, what do you guys call it? Uh, face. Uh, FaceTime. Facebook. <laughs> I don't know. Face. A face novel, Facebook. Facebook. My, it's MySpace. Okay. Chair. Yeah. On MySpace. Yeah. So she saw on Facebook that someone had said that Jean got in an accident. Wait, I didn't even hear about this. No. He ran I didn't know into, anything about this. I, don't was, know, I have no memory of it. There was apparently, there was a little mud on the trail. <laughs> yeah. It got a little damp. And Gene, pedaling, apparently leaned over in a direction he shouldn't have and goes whammo off the road, oh, no. off the trail into a tree or something. He fell. <laughs> he hurt him. No he better was story. Hurt. I wish you guys he could see Gene's face right no, now. No, he really hurt himself. Oh, no. He was done. Oh, now. <laughs> oh. It's all show too much. Gosh, how are you, oh, you going to get through this broadcast? <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, but he actually hurt himself and was cut up and everything like that. And the way it was written on Facebook was there was a serious injury. So I immediately went back to sleep. And uh, <laughs> no, I called Gene. Are you okay? Oh, I texted him. Are you okay? And all that kind of stuff. And you can pick it up from there. What happened? That's a hell of a story. You just told a great story. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, here, here's the irony. 200. Hey, look, here's the deal. Uh, Maria, and you're as outdoorsy as I am. Because when I'm out riding, I often see you running. Mm -hmm. We live in the same neighborhood. So, uh, I had 11 people say they wanted to do this ride from Portsmouth, Ohio to Louisville, Kentucky, like I said, about 250 miles, all road riding, almost all of it, road riding. There are rails to trails projects around the country, and I was only on a bike trail for eight miles. Great bike trail between Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and Aurora, Indiana. I recommend it. And so I was on back roads for 250 miles. 11 people said that they wanted to join me. All of them, except one who did half of it, dropped out. What? And they dropped out largely because they lost confidence in the idea of riding 250 miles on twisty two-lane roads in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Mm. Back roads. Route in other words, they sobered up. <laughs> so I said to the people, and I'm on the steering committee of the Ohio River Recreation Trail. We have a website. You should go and check it out. I said, somebody, I wasn't going to drop out. And I said, if I get out there and it's like freaky dangerous, I'll stop. But we got to ride this. They were going to canoe it, and they knew they could canoe it, as long as there weren't storms and things, and there were not. You had to ride it to know if you could then say to another rider, 
ride this. Mm -hmm. And if you said, get the hell off of those roads, don't ride this, that's another thing. Sure. You don't want to dupe people and say, well, they canoed it and we're pretty sure you can ride it because there are roads. Well, the mm. road, just because there are roads doesn't mean you'll feel it's safe to ride. Here's the point. I ride 250 miles. I had ne never once did my heart rate go up like I got to get the hell off of these roads. Wow. I had people passing me every time, giving wide berth, hmm. passing smartly, no horns blowing, nobody giving the finger, nothing. The last four miles, now I had ridden in the rain all day, and they were paddling in the rain, no big deal. Everybody's carrying rain gear. I've ridden in rain plenty on motorcycles and bicycles. And you, of course, slow down a little bit going down, blah, blah, blah. So I'm riding along, and I see a bike trail to my right separated from River Road in Louisville, a beautiful road with spectacular homes all peeking out at the Ohio River. Beautiful spot. What do they look like upside down? Yeah, that's a, that is true. <laughs> and I saw this bike trail, and I thought, I got to get on it to see if it goes for four miles into Louisville. Turns out it only went about a mile. But I crossed the grassy median between the road and the bike trail. They ran parallel. And I, I ride an e-bike, so I'm going pretty fast. And here's the issue. On roads, because they're built convex, they drain. They're designed right. to just all the water and mud, if it gets on, all drains off. Rails to trails bike pass and park bike pass tend to end up a little concave. And then, and then the water and the mud can drift onto the trail and stay there, hmm. or stay there. And I saw this mud coming, as Jerry said, and I thought, I got to kind of get off of this. And I sort of started to kind of move off of it. And boy, all of a sudden, it's like NASCAR drivers will say, sometimes you just end up being a passenger. Nothing you're going to do is going to fix it. I tried mm. to correct it. And I went down. I, did not, I didn't hit a tree and I didn't go on the grass. I went down on the, on the blacktop. And I went down hard. Aww. I mean, hard. And when I went down... I'm on my bike, crashed, and all these cars are stopping on River Road, and they've all stopped. Windows I, are down in the rain, and they're going, dude, you okay? Oh, You all right? And I didn't say anything at first because I thought, I'm pretty sure I'm okay, but you kind of got to collect your thoughts. Oh. And I said, then I said, yeah, I'm all right. And I sat, and I'm sitting on the bike, the wheel of the bike is now facing backwards. That's how it ended up. I took off my helmet, and the helmet is kind of destroyed. Oh, man. So the helmet, I always ride with a helmet. I always would ride with a helmet. But I'm going to tell you something while I'm talking about this crash. And the irony of 250 miles of road riding, no problem. An empty bike trail, because it was raining, <laughs> I go down. Wow. And the, there are two kinds of helmets that I highly recommend. One is called their MIPS. Th this is dead serious. He starts riding on Friday with a delivery of a bike Friday, to his house. Friday, uh, electric bike is being delivered to my home. Wait, is this a joke? No, no this joke. is actually no right. No joke. This okay. is how I know Mickey wants to dump me. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she got me a bike. Here are the doing. helmets. Yes. There are two kinds. Yes. Not necessarily brands. I can give you those too. But the two kinds are MIPS, it's an acronym, M, M is in Michael, I-P-S, multi-directional impact 
performance system, I think is what MIP mm -hmm. stands for. Here's the point. When you hit your head, whether it's on a tree or something that hits you or down to the ground like I did, the, your head, I've read all this research, can kind of twist. And this helmet has an inner liner that you can see when you put it on that's designed to turn just slightly. And research has proved it in Virginia Whoa. Tech University. There's a department there that studies helmets, motorcycle and bike helmets. MIPS is proven to be, by science, the most concussion-reducing system of helmets. So whether it's a Bell helmet or a Bontrager or any kind, you want to make sure it has MIPS. I have actually gone, because Virginia Tech just published a report that says that wave cell technology, which you can get, mine is a bone trogger charge, and that's the new helmet. When that helmet hit the ground, it's garbage. You immediately throw it away. You don't want anybody wearing it because once it's had an impact, it's done what it's supposed to do, which hmm. is collapse inside, not visible to the eye that it's damaged. And the next collision will give you way less protection. Hmm. So when that helmet went down, it did save me from. I had no wow. after effects, no headaches. Wow! I sat up and That's I was. Awesome. I had blood, arms, oh. hands, knees because and, of the road rashes. It's and called. this is recreation. <laughs> I tell you what, and I'm like most riders. <laughs> what is maybe the attractive all, part well, of it? Well, Jerry, shit happens. I mean, come on. Well, yeah. Why not just take a baseball bat and no. have someone plunge it with it? You know. Do you know, my, my favorite movie, this is the answer to your question, favorite movie is Apocalypse Now, Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> now listen to this. There's a message here. It came from the novel, oh, Joseph Vietnam Conrad. Oh, Vietnam turned out to be a lot of fun. Heart of Darkness. <laughs> yes. And Francis Ford Coppola placed it in Vietnam. And they go up this river in Cambodia, and they do have all this stuff happen. Well, there's a moment in the movie where they're on this uh, PT boat, fast boat, yeah. And one of the characters is a guy named Chef, who was a chef from New Orleans. And he said, pull over. I'm going to get some mangoes, because what we cook for dinner tonight is going to be amazing. I'm going to have these mangoes. They pull over. He takes a weapon. He goes into the jungle. And you're sitting, listening to these natural sounds. And all of a sudden, you hear this roar and the scream of him and firing. And he runs, and he jumps on the boat, and he says, a tiger. And he turns to the crew on the boat, and here's the point. He said he's out of control, freaked out, and he says, never get off the boat. So you, when you talk that way, sound like, sit on your couch, don't get off your couch, don't go out into life. See those windows there, Jerry, in the setting? That's life out there. You gotta go live, and maybe he's Aww. riding a bike, skiing, yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm noticing who's clapping. <laughs> all the outdoors people. Yeah. All the Gene, idiots. we're just glad that you're okay. Oh, yeah. Hey, That's scary. Yeah, you're no kidding. <laughs> Seriously. Thank For you, those Red. of you just listening, no. we just fist bumped. Yeah. And, and no. I, I, uh, I would have stopped in my car, but I was picking up a Starbucks. You know, when, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You no, know, yeah, when yeah. you call ahead, it was mobile. It was yeah. a mobile. Uh, uh, I tell you what, I used a whole with first aid <laughs> kit. Yeah. I always carry a first aid kit, always, at, when I ride because of this thing. It doesn't happen very often. I don't know that it's ever happened. I used the entire first aid kit. Wow. I sat in this trail for a half hour. Did you have a phone with you? Up. 
Yeah, Bonnie was on her way down in my car with my bike rack, and I thought, so do I call her. Did she stop her? off and have lunch? No, first? she knew nothing of this. When she got oh, you didn't to the tell finish, it was an act. Oh, when oh. she got to the finish, I had my face was kind of bloody, and if you looked at me the right way, you'd see that. And she didn't until I showed it to her. Some other people said, you know, you got a little bloat over here. And I said, well, oh. yeah, you know, something. Wait, but, I have a question, Jean. So mm -hmm. if you weren't on an e-bike, like if you were just riding a normal bike, would it, if you weren't Same. going so fast? Uh, I don't think the speed, there was one other factor. My bike, because it, it is meant to go pretty quickly, yeah. has tires that are called slicks. Mm -hmm. There's no tread in the center part. Hmm. A little tread on the outside. That increases the uh, rotation, which increases the battery, the distance you can get. Mm. So I had no, and they're designed, they're Schwabby tires called slicks, and that gave me no traction on that mud. That gotcha. was a factor. The fact yeah. that it was an e-bike, nah, I mean, I get out on places with road riders with no motors that are, you know, 30-year-old uh, you know, oh, macho man. guys, it'll go 25, 30, the same as I'm I gonna, I don't think the I'm gonna kind die. of bike didn't matter. I'm going to die. <laughs> no, you just don't go out in the rain. That's probably I the never go message. out in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point. But this, this never is good because this bike, I made sure this bike comes with an umbrella. Yeah, right. An umbrella holder on the bike. Wait, so you, uh, go, you can go riding on a bike, but you won't go climbing with me? Yeah, that's a good question. I know. You know, How about doing neither? Hey, hey, Maria, remember I told you, we told the story about us getting Jerry onto the zip line out in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. He, and he did do it, and he did great on it, and he, you know, needed to be lied to to get him on it. But I do believe that we could, and I would love to join in on this, and I'm not a climber, but I would love it if he and I went with you somewhere, even if it's to Eden Park on the <laughs> wall there, and climbed. Yeah. And I think repelled. So too. I think we need to do that. Because I think he would really? do it. Yeah. What yeah. part of you thinks that I will do this? <laughs> I, you would do it. I, I know you, and you I know. know you would do it. Yeah. Well, we ought to get together a little more so you can know me a little better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think oh. it would be, uh, yeah, be a yeah, blast yeah, to do. Certainly. There might have been an age where I would have tried that. But there is no way. When I stumble on stage, I mean, I don't mean stumble. You know how sometimes your shoe yeah. gets... It, uh, it gets stuck in the car, you know, on a carpet, like, and it just, it doesn't No, glide. we don't so know you, what you're talking about. What is he talking I don't know about? What you're talking about. <laughs> no, you're just walking and your yeah. foot catches. You don't really yeah. trip, <laughs> but it just catches for a second and it looks silly. The whole audience goes, <gasps> Yeah. They would never have done that if I was 30. Particularly, but they the, honestly think anytime there's anything. Yeah, particularly, are you okay? the crew gasps the when it happens because gasps. that's our livelihood. When I sneeze, they say, You all right? You all right, Jerry? <laughs> Jerry sneezed. Well, don't expect that treatment here, Jerry. No, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you something. Um, there is, so we're re recording this episode a few days before July 4th. Right. Right. And there has been talk in the media about uh, President Trump convening this, I guess he would call it a celebration, Independence Day celebration. But the talk is now there, 
tanks being brought and yeah. marching military. This is a parade people. he wants to honor yeah, him. Yeah. So, what, what's your take on all? No, that? because even when he when he tweeted about it, he says, you know, it'll be a chance uh, to honor America and hear from your favorite president, me. I mean, that was his quote. I didn't so catch is, that. Did he actually? Oh, I swear, tweet I'm not making. That? Yes, that's the tweet. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it's all about him. And when he went to France last year and uh, when he was with uh, Korea and Japan and he sees these other countries having these great, and, and the Soviet, Soviet Union and Russia, when he sees them having their big celebrations with the tanks and the military, that's what he wants to be. He wants to, so he's now ordered the military to bring in tanks and missiles it's going to be like the old Soviet May Day parade. Oh, my goodness. And that's, and that's what's going to be there. I can't believe people wouldn't protest. Well, there probably will be some protesters. But it's all, it's, it's all about him. You know, the 4th of July is an American s- celebration. Just stay out of it, Trump. You know, don't make it about you. Make it about our country. And what makes it most pathetic is that he as much as any famous person in America, has no clue what the 4th of July stands for. I mean, you know, he's calling for this celebration. He doesn't even know what the holiday is about. And I'm starting to think, but I don't want to just pick on Trump, because I wonder how many Americans, when it's the 4th of July, too many Americans are just going through the motions. I mean, it's kind of like Labor Day. Labor Day is a weekend for us. And, you know, most Americans are not supporting unions. Union membership is going down and down. Yeah, you get some politicians on Labor Day, go to a Labor Day picnic, give a nice talk about working people, and then people could care less about supporting unions, which is pathetic. It's horrible. They sh- we should. But... It doesn't mean anything to us anymore. And I'm starting to think that's, for too many of us, that's what the 4th of July has become. It's a nice weekend. Fireworks. We can hear the bands play. We can, you know, have, your, have the kids on their bikes with the flags. And we listen to these patriotic tunes. But I wonder how many of us, how many people in America really care to stand up for what the 4th of July is. Because the 4th of July is a celebration. It's the anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. It's the anniversary of that document which said, paraphrasing, all men are created equal. That's what we're celebrating. And yet how many Americans are perfectly willing to have our government and have our country not believe that we're all equal or should have equal opportunity. That, you know, some people are privileged and that's fine and the other ones, they're not real Americans. Do we really believe it? Fourth of July, the Declaration of Independence, all men are created equal, is what we celebrate. On the centennial of the 4th of July, 1876, France gave us the Statue of Liberty. And the Statue of Liberty 
was again a, a reaffirmation of what our country really stands for, that this would be the place where all people are welcome, all people would be treated equally. That's what this holiday is about. Now, when the Statue of Liberty was given to us by France in 1876, Emma Lazarus wrote this poem as a fundraiser to raise money to build the Statue of Liberty, to have it all fixed up nicely on a little island there off the Manhattan Harbor. And she wrote this poem, some words we remember, but I just want to read to you, because I read it last night, and wow, you read this and then think, not just of Trump, but think of how many Americans really believe it. When this is what we're talking about on the 4th of July, she writes in her poem, Here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that Twin Cities frame. Keep, ancient lands, your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Instead, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And that is on the plaque now underneath the Statue of Liberty. That's the 4th of July, that and the Declaration of Independence. This is the promise of America, along with then the passage of the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery. This is what we profess to be, and yet we so easily seem to forget or ignore it, and now we are in an environment where we build walls, block the borders, rip children away from their parents. Maybe when we march on this 4th of July, maybe even silently, every one of us ought to have a little bit of an apology for our hypocrisy, for the bigotry, callousness, wall building, they're ripping children away from their parents at our border, for our looking the other way as our administration defiles the very principles of our country and what the 4th of July stands for. Shame on us if we don't demand this Independence Day a return to the very idea that gave birth to this nation. Otherwise, I would argue the 4th of July it's merely a day that follows the third. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring uh, two very special guys up. Um, we've got Ryan Harvey and Isaiah Muller, and they both um, comprise the band The Wine Tree, everybody. Give them a warm welcome. Whoa! 
You guys are from uh, Winchester, Kentucky, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Winchester. Well, uh, I, I know um, I'm speaking for myself here because I was here at Soundcheck, but I seriously got goosebumps okay. as these guys were Thank singing you. and playing. So we'd love for you to do a song for us. Sure. Please. This one's called Kentucky. Go. 
each time that I think about you and smile, there's just something about Kentucky. Oh, there's just something about Kentucky. Yeah, there's just something about Kentucky. It makes me miss you. stayed in the union. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we, we all have here at the podcast Kentucky Roots. Maria lives in Kentucky. I live in Kentucky. Jerry's wife, Mickey, was raised in Cynthia. Anna still has property there, so yep. she has Kentucky Roots. Oh, big property. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, what, what's the backstory on that? Is that, is it like, I'm listening to it, and we were talking before, Maria, about mm -hmm. poetry, songs or poetry. Mm -hmm. Is it, and I love all those images, gunshots at night and the snow angels in the field and cigarette machines. That yeah. You reference that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a Civil War timed song. It's modern day, right? Yeah. You know, it's just kind of all the things that we love about this place, you know, about where we grew up and those gunshots at night. What, what's being shot? Yeah, what, uh, you know, <laughs> coyotes, maybe? Yeah, you oh, just hear oh, some. Squirrel. Okay. Yeah. Duh, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, because you think Hatfields and McCoy, is it Civil yeah. War? Yeah. Might yeah. just be firing it up into the air. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's that's, that's why I don't bike ride at night. <laughs> it, but it's yeah. not unusual if you live in rural America, Kentucky right. included, to hear a, a gunshot at night, and it's mm -hmm. not like urban mm -hmm. violence, or it just could be somebody shooting up in the air, or yeah. honey, right. or it could be. But the bullet right. does come down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but percentages are in your favor. <laughs> percentages yeah. are in your favor. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's a great song. Um, yeah. You guys, I have a question for you. So uh, the harmonies are so good. It sounds like you all have been playing together forever. Oh, what is the backstory Thanks. of the band? Do you guys mind telling us? Uh, we met in uh, somewhere around uh, 2001 or something. One, 2002, something like that. And we've mm -hmm. been just playing on and off, and uh, that's kind of developed over time. You know, mm -hmm. we've kind of learned to make one sound in, in unison with each other. And, sure. And, uh, when you were in high school, did you take violin lessons? In other words, is that how you got to play the fiddle? Yeah, yeah. I started out playing, playing when I was a little kid and yeah. playing some classical music and learning some got fiddle it. tunes. Yeah. <laughs> is that how most fiddle players start out? You know, it's. Uh, I kind of had to unlearn some, some, uh, oh. some technique a little some bit. Some bad you know? habits. Some bad habits. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Some bad good habits for, uh, yeah. for for violin playing and, and get a little more soul in my, in my soul. Great. Well, you guys sound incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Do you guys uh, mind letting Jerry intrude on a song with we'll, you guys? We'll put an end to the incredible. <laughs> yeah, we love it. We're ready. Yeah, we're going to take him on the road. Yeah. <laughs> you may hear some gunshots now. <laughs> 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 
heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside Sturdy war no Jerry Springer.com. Ain't gonna study war.